Progressive Podcast from Impact 89 FM. Get your bowling shoes on, East Lansing. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Welcome in at 7 p.m. and welcome to the home of the Michigan State Spartans 7 and 5. We are headed somewhere and hopefully somewhere is not down I-94. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Welcome in. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. A little under the weather. Bear with me, but guess what? We got one of the most dangerous co-hosts in the house tonight. He hails from the city of Detroit. Another blow to the Motor City. (laughs) (laughs) Detroit pushed past St. Louis to become the nation's most dangerous city, but we're number one. Dangerous man himself, Jamal Spencer from the city of Motel. Good to be here. What's up, brother? Nothing much, man. You know, same old, same old. Ray Mara is back again. Ecstatic. (laughs) What is going on? You got to be speechless, huh? I'm just so excited that we don't see Lloyd Carr on the sideline anymore. Finally retired. Wonders. Don't have to listen to the voice. The arrogance. Brigitte, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. It was a good week at Michigan loss. We picked up our one of our best wins of the season, I think. Great weekend to be a Spartan. Arguably one of the best weekends I've had yeah, as, a, as a Spartan. No question. But before we go any further, I'd like to welcome a special guest. He's a head coach here at Michigan State. He's been a head coach for a very long time. Michigan State men's soccer. They are in the NCAA tournament for the third time in Joe Baum's career. Coach Baum joins us now. Coach Baum, how are you, and congratulations. Well, Dan, thanks a lot. And uh, I'm, our team and the coaching staff, we're so excited, I can't tell you. Coach, is, is this just the ultimate culmination of a season for you guys? We know you had some, some down times there at the end of the season, but obviously this is one of your goals and you have to be ecstatic. This was our team goal for, for about two years now. We thought we had a team that was good enough to get in the NCAA tournament. Last year we fell short. Then this year we got a few injuries and we kind of stumbled at the end a little bit. But, hey, when you look at the whole season, it was a, a very nice season and we're, we're just elated, elated to be in a tournament. Michigan State men's soccer head coach Joe Baum joins us here tonight on the Spartan Sports Rep. Coach, when you look at your opponent, Oakland University, playing at home, that has to be a great combination playing against someone familiar and at Old College Field. It's, you know, it's playing at home. You know, you get in a comfort zone. You know, you, you know the lockers. You sleep in your own bed. You know the field. That's a wonderful thing. And Oakland's a team we know. Uh, we have great respect for Oakland. But they also know us. you got to remember that. You know, they know who Doug DeMartin is. They know who Rashawn McKenzie is. So I guarantee you they will match up with us very well, and it will be a very tight contest. Coach, obviously the NCAA tournament for soccer is more different than basketball. Is it a tighter selection, less teams, right, just like 32 teams? 40, 48 teams. 48 teams. There were 22 conference automatic bids and 26 at large. And so you guys face up against Oakland, and if you win, which I'm assuming you'll go on to play Notre Dame, a team you beat earlier this year, do you guys feel that you have a little bit of a target on your back because you beat both your first and possible second-round opponent already this season? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we won't even think about Notre Dame. We don't, we don't mention that. We say that's taboo in our program, so we can only talk about Oakland. You know, we've had a good rivalry with Oakland for a lot of years, and it's usually always a one-goal game, a one-goal game. And we have every reason to believe this game will be a one-goal game. And, hey, if, if you get a bounce, if you get a goalie save, you win. And sometimes if you get a bad bounce, you lose. But I think all you can do is just train hard, work hard, go out and play your best, and, and just hope you know, you're know you on that day. Michigan State men's soccer head coach Joe Baum joins us here tonight on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Coach, you've been on the Spartan sidelines for 31, season, 31 seasons. Is it nights like tonight where you make this – the NCAA tournament that keep you in soccer and keep you motivated? Yeah, I, I can't explain how happy and excited I was for the team and for the coaches and myself when we saw Michigan State on that board. I mean, it's just a jolt of positive energy that's hard to describe unless you've been involved with it. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, Christmas morning when you were a little kid. And I guess that's the closest thing I can draw, and it's, it's a wonderful experience. Coach, and you look at the season, what have been some of your team's strength that have got you to this point now, the NCAA tournament? Hey, well, I, I can honestly t- tell you this, and I've never, this is my 31st year, I couldn't say this in my first 30 years. This team never came not prepared to play. I've had other teams on some days, and I can't figure it out. They were flat. You know, we'd have Ohio State at home Sunday, big crowd, and we'd have a bad warm up, and we would be flat. And I'm always mystified by that. I don't, I don't get it, you know. But anyway, that happens. 
both at the college level and the pro level. This team, and I mean this, did, that didn't happen to all year. didn't happen one time where at halftime I had to get on them because the effort or the energy was. Every time they came, and I think if you can bring that every single time, then you're deserving to, to be an NCAA tournament team. Not to jump ahead, Coach, but you mentioned the professional level. Are there any players on this current team, and I think of Rashawn McKenzie possibly one, that could play at the professional level? Yeah. Rashawn, for sure. Uh, when we had the Big Ten tournament here, a uh, couple of the uh, MILS coaches came up to me, uh, MLS, excuse me, MLS coaches came up, and they were very positive watching him. And then they came up to me for a character uh, quiz, you know, what's his character like, what's his work rate like, what kind of a teammate is he? And I could say, outstanding, outstanding, outstanding on every single count. So now, Rashawn, you got a great athlete, you got a fine soccer player, and you got a person with a lot of character. So I, I'm pretty sure Rashawn will be drafted by the MLS. And coach, when you look at Rashawn McKenzie, a player that was highly touted out of Illinois, how was that recruiting process to get Rashawn to come to Michigan State uh-huh. years ago? Well, I'll tell you what, he was a highly recruited player, but his parents, are, they're incredible. They are very, they're both professional people, and they had education ahead of soccer. And Rashawn could have went to school that at that point maybe had a little more soccer tradition, but they were really concerned that the, the program and the coaching staff valued education, and we do. We do. You know our Clarabelle Smith Center. And uh, I try to support that 110% every day, always. And I think his parents kind of said, hey, Rashawn, this looks like where you belong. And then I want to say one last thing. Tom Izzo took Rashawn into his office for 15 minutes, just Tom and Rashawn, no one else. And I think Tom Izzo was a huge part of Rashawn McKenzie coming to Michigan State University. It's an incredible story, Coach. We appreciate your time. And, uh... Do you have any idea if you guys are playing Friday or Saturdays or it's still up in the air? No. T- t- as far as I'm concerned, it's positively Saturday. Saturday and it would be a 1 p.m. game. Well, it would, one, and maybe they might move it up to 12 noon because I guess there's a basketball game at 4. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Against, against Oakland. So there you go. They should ride the bus but, together to campus, huh? Yeah, but I think there's plenty of time there. You start one game at noon, the other at 4. I think there was a little concern about uh, some parking, but I think... Uh, we can fix that. We're capable of that. Hey, Coach, I appreciate your time. I'll let you get back to celebrating with your team. Thanks so much for joining us. Head Coach Joe Baum. Dan, thank you for having me on. No problem. Bye-bye. Men's Soccer Head Coach Joe Baum just joined us there. The Michigan State men's soccer team eligible and in the NCAA tournament. They'll play Oakland, a team they beat 2-1 to earlier this year. Uh, it looks now Saturday, either 12 noon or 1 p.m. I'm sure that will all be hashed out and available for your information at msuspartans.com. And then if they win, they would advance to play Notre Dame, a team they beat early in the year when Notre Dame was ranked third in the nation. They beat them at home. And so I believe we've only lost once at home this year. Uh, So that is obviously an advantage to play at home. And we wish the men's soccer team best of luck as they begin the NCAA tournament this weekend. Cuts my vacation a little short, but, hey, I'll take it for the men's soccer team. Hopefully they can advance on. They beat their first and possible second-round opponent already. So things... Thing. They could obviously advance deep into the tournament, you know, with the pedigree they have already. Uh, but the Spartans, another Spartan team, is is going bowling. Get out the bowling shoes. Get out the sixteen pounder. We throw the hook ball, baby. Line the pins up. Spartans are playing thirteen. It, I, I believe everyone in this room was at at the game, not just mm-hmm. watching it at the game. I want to get our thoughts. We're all twenty one and older. We've been here a long time. Is this the best win you've ever been a part of? Uh, I'd say definitely. I mean, the, the first half was a little, a little down, but uh, it's coming back in the second half and you know securing a bowl victory definitely. You know, cr- the crowd was static. And I would like to put this out there: Brigitte and Ray were in the student section, right? Uh, you guys didn't. Section. Well, you guys did not leave the game when we were down when we were down twenty four to seven. Did not. No, did did not. not leave the game. Shame on those fans that bailed. Shame on those fans that bailed. But Jamal, obviously a member of the media, ABC3's Jamal Spencer, joins us again tonight. Jamal, your impressions of the game and how satisfying it must be for this team. I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, we in the media, we're supposed to be, you know, impartial. But I was running around down there like, I, you know, I wanted to be in the student section too. But it's great for the team. You know, they've worked so hard to get back to, you know, get to this bowl game and to play 13, like you said. And it was just great for the fans and great for the school. 
Brigitte, your thoughts, the best oh, you've yeah. seen? That place was rocking. Like, it was for sure one of the best games I've ever been to as a Michigan State student, and especially for it to be our last game as, like, Spartan students. Like, can't imagine going out in a better way with a better win than that. Absolutely, and, and I read somewhere, I'm not sure, I didn't check this, I've just been running around like a madman, but... Joe Paterno has never given up a 17-point lead in the second half of a I, game. I think I read that, too. In 100 years of coaching. <laughs> like, that, that's that's incredible. Um, if anything, that sends a message to the Big Ten that Michigan State's for real. Um, are Is this team, are they overachievers in your eyes, Ray? Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, if you would have said they would, you know, be 6-6, six and six, that would be, you know, that would be a victory. But, uh Coming, coming, or finishing, you know, seven five, securing a bowl bid. Definitely, they overachieved. I don't think they overachieved. Actually, if you look at it, they probably underachieved. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, before the season started, most of us, myself included, picked them to be six and six or five and seven. But then you see that the talent that they had in Devin Thomas that they hadn't used before. So who knew? I think you know, with all the close losses, you know, they could have had a couple more wins. Yeah, absolutely. All losses by seven or less for G. Overachievers? To agree with Jamal, I think they totally underachieved. I mean, frankly, we could have been competing for the national championship with that one loss that we could have had against Ohio State. We could have beat Michigan. We could have beat Wisconsin. Like, you look at all those so close losses that we had, and really, I mean, we should be playing for a little bit higher. But, you know, I'll take seven and five. Oh, absolutely. For the first for the first year of a, of a first-year head coach, obviously, you have to look at that as as a victory, seven and five. You know, Mark Antonio was sleeping very, very well Saturday night. If if he was one of the coaches that actually got to sleep Saturday night, but down twenty four seven, with the miscues on offense, with Hoyer's interceptions, it would have been easy to, to to look down. I'm sure it went through many people's heads that you know, oh, here we go again. Oh no, you know we we could get blown out forty eight to fourteen. You know, but the the team really showed its resiliency and showed the difference and. In this program, Brian Hoyer, you know th- this guy is, the, is a quarterback that is has such a critical eye on himself. He knows he had a terrible first half, threw some balls just terribly behind receivers, picked off like where are you throwing? But he knows this. Uh, but he comes back and has just an amazing second half, brilliant. He put some balls. Yes, Devin Thomas made some catches, but Hoyer placed some balls in that second half like an NFL quarterback. I got the chance to catch up with Brian Hoyer after the game. But before I get to that, uh, why not give it up to uh, the head coach, Mark D'Antonio. Here's wow, so I can wow. tell you guys, wow. Unbelievable. Our players kept playing throughout the entire game. Um, new coming in the game, I'm just looking at the stats here, coming in the game, if we could run for 100 yards. Um, I thought that was going to be a big goal of ours because they've not won. If we, if an opponent could do that, we were able to do that um, and just by sheer will. I thought Kalkrick, uh, every time I looked into his eyes, um, you know, I just saw a guy that, uh, that you know, he was just going to be able to do whatever he had to do to win this football game. Um, up and down throughout the game, uh, I thought our players showed great uh, character and resilience on the field. Um, down by 10 and a half, uh, you know, down by 17, fight back into it, give, something else happens bad, and we keep coming back. Devin Thomas, outstanding catches, uh, you know, became the, uh, I guess, season, season uh, what is it, season reception leader. Um, in the history of Michigan State football today, and he did it in style. Uh, great catches. Uh, Hoyer comes back, back after two interceptions in the first half and plays an outstanding second half. Um, our guys just kept playing. I can't say enough about them. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever been in a game like this. I, I think sometimes when you're in a close game, you come back, back and forth. But to do what our football team has done throughout the entire season, to play in every single game and not to come away flat and have an opportunity to win in every single game and to win seven and to go to a football game, to a, to a bowl game, um, you know, it's going to be tremendous for our program and our seniors laid the foundation for, for us. And um, it was them, and I've said all along, they show a great resolve in how they handle things and uh, just very, very proud of our football team. Michigan State head coach Mark D'Antonio, and I'm sure the, the common sentiment among East Lansing a Misty's Lansing is proud of this football team. You know, two straight wins, school down the road, two straight losses. <laughs> Coach retires. Which program is in better shape, the University of Michigan after Lloyd Carr retiring or Michigan State? Uh, possibly after things shake out, you really think you really look at the situation. Michigan goes to their bowl game and follows tradition of the last few years and loses. 
we win our bowl game. We have the same record as Wolverines. Program in better shape from this day forward. Right now, hands down, Michigan State is in a better position, only because Michigan has far too many question marks. Who's the coach? How's the quarterback going to do next year? Who takes over from Mike Hart? Questions on the O-line. You know, they they just they have too many questions. Meanwhile, Michigan State's got Javon Ringer coming back, and they've got a head coach who's doing it right and getting the program back to respectability. Michigan State right now is far better position than Michigan. Yeah, I totally agree. Mike Hart is like the heart and soul of that team, and without even a coach, finding a replacement for him is going to be the biggest challenge. He carries them literally, especially with a freshman quarterback this year who needs to work out his growing pains. Uh, it's going to be a tough season for them next year. Absolutely, Michigan. In a, in a little bit of a tr- in a little bit of trouble, but uh, the Wolverines head coach Lloyd Carr. If you haven't heard it yet, we won't even go any further. He retired today, and that's enough on that. But uh, Brian Hoyer, uh, a terrible first half, obviously, but uh, amazing second half. Put some balls on the money, made some plays, checked down to some receivers, really showing his maturity. Got a chance to catch up with Brian Hoyer. Here's uh, the quarterback after the game. <laughs> Joined by quarterback Brian Hoyer. Brian, you had some miscues early. Talk about how you bounced back from that and remain confidence to throw some balls on the money down the stretch. Um, I think it just shows maturity. You know, you gotta bad things are gonna happen. You gotta be able to bounce back, and um, you know, our team as a whole showed the maturity that we have. Um, you gotta you, things are gonna go bad, but when you, when it comes down to it, you gotta step up and make plays, and we were able to do that. Um, the defense came up big. The offensive line played tremendous. Um, you know, we, second half we were doing what we wanted to do, and, and you know it's too bad for those miscues because it wouldn't have been so close if, uh, if it wasn't for that. When you look at the play of your star wide receiver Devin Thomas, how proud of you of him are you? Just real proud. You know, we were talking before the game like he hasn't scored a touchdown since Indiana, and he's like, man, I got to go out and eat this week. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm gonna work on getting you the ball, and, and we just got some, some good play calls and put him in a good position and, and you know he was open making plays and I mean you, you look at that catch he makes an end zone that's you know he gets both feet down and he's catching over his shoulder that's something that is you know only special players can do all season Brian we preach toughness coaches talk toughness is that the single intangible that kept this team in the game when you you have a fumble on a snap a couple interceptions is that toughness really carried through this whole season yeah definitely it's carried through and and um, you know it's something that We've tried to establish from the very beginning is to be tough and play tough because when you play in this conference, it's a tough game every week when you go out. So as long as you play tough, good things will happen. And what does it mean now to play 13? It's special, man. It's uh, something that's new for all of us, for most of us, and it's just special to know that you know we send these seniors out as winners in Spartan Stadium, and we can send them out again with another winner with a bowl game. That was quarterback Brian Hoyer after the game. Brian, just a brilliant second half. He throws four TDs in the win. Hoyer finishes 16 to 21. You know the balls he threw bad. They were bad. I mean they were picks, but you know Sands those those interceptions. 257 yards, four TDs, and we have two receivers that catch for over 100 yards. Devin Thomas seven for 139 and three touchdowns. How brilliant was he? Uh, Kellen Davis four for 106. Quietly, you know I was hoping Ju Concrete would get one more yard and have 100. Then I'd have fun stats to look look up. You know, the last time we had two hundred yard receivers and a hundred yard rusher in one game. I'm sure uh, that is has been some time. But two hundred yard receivers in the same game, let alone, you know, the the, the combination of all three. That's just incredible. Uh, Kellen Davis really stepped up. How about that catch from Ryan Allison? Are you kidding me? Those are the type of things that it just seemed to go our way. You know, Kellen reaches out, grabs it. You know, Allison underthrows him a little bit, but hey on the double reverse pass, pulling it all out. It was good to see. Uh, what what I was impressed with was obviously the comeback. We're down at halftime. Penn State, what do they do? They come out and they score <laughs> in, their first, in their first drive of the second half. And, you, you know, we go down 24-7, to and, and you're thinking, oh, boy, and then the fans, those fair-weather fans that like to crucify assistants and head coaches the second they make a mistake, you know, they're, they're filing out. But that was the loudest, like, 60,000 fans that I've heard. Yeah, uh, Penn State, Kevin Kelly rushes, the, the kicker rushes for the touchdown, which makes it 24-7. Uh, but Michigan State drives. It's interesting when I looked at the play-by-play, you look at the next two drives from Michigan State, identical identical scoring drives of uh, plays and time on the clock. We scored two touchdowns, both with seven plays in two minutes and 41 seconds. That's just that's incredible 
management, game management, execution of plays, and you look at and you and you fast forward to the to the end of the game, and you look, and it's just humbling to see that those the four and out, the four and out, our our secondary, they've they've had trouble this year, mm-hmm. they've been picked on, they came up huge against. I would say Morelli, he wasn't having a bad day. He put some balls on the money, led some receivers very well in uh. But our, our secondary showed up. If you want to join us, the phones are now open, 517-432-3893. The email inbox also wide open, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Our number, once again, 517-432-3893. Your thoughts on Michigan State's football win? They're going to a bowl. Where do you think they're going? Let us know. Also, Michigan State basketball plays tonight at 9.30. Big ups to Ray Mar Morgan, Big Ten Player of the Week. He's averaging like 19 and 14 and a half boards. Just sick numbers, albeit they're playing some non-conference games. Missouri will be a test. Uh, coach said they'll press you from the time you enter the city limits. So expect a, an up-tempo game. And obviously, contingent upon us taking care of the basketball tonight. That's on ESPNU. So for the three of you that will be watching it at your homes, enjoy that. For the rest of us, we may be out somewhere at an establishment or someone who has DirecTV, you know, the wealthy or of this, the college folk. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, big ups to Raymar Morgan. Also, women's cross country, we show love where love is due. They're fifth in the nation. They finished fifth in the nation today at Nationals. So we got to show love. Nicole Bush, she's an All-American. She finished in the top I believe in the top 10. I'd be top 30 cross country. You're an All-American. But Michigan State cross, women's cross country, fifth in the nation. That's outstanding. It's good to see. You know, you'd like to have your breadwinners do well, like football, basketball. But, you know, you look at teams, schools like Ohio State across the board, they're talented in all sports. And, uh, you know, obviously it stems from facilities, but mm-hmm. we're on the up and coming there too as well. So, you know, the new soccer project. But soccer, got to go back, show some luck. They made the NCAA tournament. More selective than basketball is, so it really is something to be proud of for Michigan State men's soccer. They'll play. Coach Baum says it appears to be Saturday at either 12 noon or 1 p.m. So uh, bundle up. Go to the, hopefully you'll go to the soccer game, then to the basketball game, and why not stick around and go to the hockey game on Saturday night? Have it just be a Spartan fest for the family on Saturday. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but. Men's soccer Saturday against Oakland, first round of the NCAA tournament. We beat them already. Uh, hopefully you'll be out supporting them. But offense, what a great comeback against Penn State. That is incredible. It's not like we came back against a poor Purdue team or a Northwestern. You know, just hypotheticals. We didn't beat Northwestern, obviously. But you look at Penn State, the talent they have. This was, what, an 8-3 eight and, th- eight, eight and eight eight football team? And that really throws a wrench into their mix. Boy, we're going to talk bowls here in a minute, brother. We are going to talk bowls. But it could throw a whole wrench into who may end up going to the Champ Sports Bowl. We'll talk that in a minute, though. Uh, but offense starts with the with Coach Don Treadwell. Uh, he has gotten some criticism around, you know, whatever, wherever. You know, people have played calling, criticized this, criticized that. This guy is running the most efficient offense in the Big Ten, putting up points. Best offense in the conference. In his first year with players he's unfamiliar with, you got to show this guy some love. Coach Don Treadwell, here's his. I got a chance to catch up with his thoughts after the game. Here's Coach Don Treadwell post game. Trying to catch my breath, guys. A lot of hugging and crying going on in there, so it's glad to be a part of that. Haven't had a chance, obviously, to look at much, but uh, we're just so proud of our kids. You know, offensively, you know, we've always challenged our kids to make plays and. Obviously, no better time than crunch time, and I certainly felt down the stretch as we came back out the second half, you could just see it in the locker room in our kids' eyes that they were going to will themselves to find a victory, and we're just thankful that we're able to do our part, and we're just so proud of our kids, and there's not enough praise to go around because every position stepped up. Head coach gave us some uh, you know, things that he said, hey, go for this, go for that. He was behind us 100%, and I'll tell you what, it made a difference in our kids, so I'll throw it out to questions and then let Pat finish. Well, testament to him. He's that type of kid. You want those type of quarterbacks in your program that if something isn't going quite right or if there was an errant throw here or there, they can let it go. We bring him over to the sideline, say, hey, here's what really happened. Be aware of this the next time up. He absorbs it. He moves on to the next play. That's a testament to him and his position coach, Dave Warner. One of those calls was the take punt. If you get stopped on the right side, that might be season. 
Hey, it's a game of inches, as they say. A game of inches. Anything else offense? You talk about Devin Thomas, just his game. Well, you know, I mean, the few highlights I saw were pretty spectacular. You know, uh, you know, when he's hot, he plays above, you know, at a different level. And tonight there was an example of that once again, and we needed him to do that at this point in time, and he rose to the challenge, so we're really proud of him. That was uh, offensive coordinator Don Treadwell, his thoughts on the offense, and in particular Devin Thomas, but we go right to the phones. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. That's that's trouble. That's trouble when you have the radio on in the background. It sounded like, but hopefully, hopefully they'll call back. That was that was a little trouble. Hey, well, maybe it was a pump fake, you know? Yeah, definitely pump fake. But no, Michigan State's offense spectacular this season. Uh, but defense equally impressive in in some facets. You look at the play of Jonas Saint Deke and. The all-conference team is announced tonight at 10 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Got to have a sack master on it. One of my bosses had the embargoed press release. I said, I can't see it. I don't. I can't even know. I don't even want to know. Next thing you know, we will we'll be releasing it before the Big Ten Network. <laughs> the, the station will be in flames. <laughs> We'd be in so much trouble. But no, no, I'm excited to see who is on the first. I'm sure we'll have at least a couple on the first team all-Big Ten team. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how it all works out because of the the end of the season. That's fresh in, in voters' minds, the way that we finished. We finished the season two straight wins against above 500 programs, Purdue, Penn State. Very good end to the season. But when you look at this game, Javon, or, uh, Jamal, I'm thinking Javon Ray, <laughs> geez. Uh, Ray, where was this game against Penn State one? Did you, can you point? To, can you point to the punt? Aaron Bates did a great job. Can you point to special teams? Can you point somewhere and say this really is where this game was won, or, or is it intangible coaching? It had to be intangible coaching because I'm I'm searching. I can't think of you know one unit that got it done. The offense stepped up, did their job. The defense made stops when they had to, and you know Jav- you know Ju's fake punt was so critical in that game and. You know, if I had to pick a play, I'd say that's the play that won the game. But, you know, I, I can't think of a, one unit that got it done. They all played well as a team. Oh yeah, that fake punt was that fake punt was just screaming guts. That's what puts hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's what put, puts it's not hair. Just old place. It's you know when when Antonio came in to to be the head coach here, we're all thinking like, oh god, it's going to be run three times, pass, or run two times, pass. You know, run mm-hmm. two times, pass. Oh no! Incredible! This guy. If it's fourth and one, we're going for it. Fourth and four, we're going for it. Doesn't doesn't matter. It's a game of inches. Multiply four by twelve. <laughs> there's your inches, and we're going for it. But uh, like coach had talked about, only team in America with a thousand yard receiver, a thousand yard rusher, darn near two one thousand yard rushers. Ju's got like eight hundred, and a two thousand yard passer. Incredible for the first year of Don Treadwell's at the helm of the offense, that's outstanding. There's no there's no way you can criticize Michigan State's offense. Yes, we may have not got it done at times, but there have been games when we put up well enough points on the board. So you cannot criticize the offense. They did a spectacular job. Uh, we speak defensively, came up huge. In the end, four and out. Is that the best series that you've seen out of this defense this season, Jamal, at the end of the game there? Has to be, especially from a unit that was said to be the weak point on the team, the secondary. They came up huge, and they got four critical stops, and they won the game. They deserved it. Absolutely, and you look at the play, the secondary in particular, Otis Wiley, three pass breakups. Like you said, he should have had some picks, though. Otis is Otis is well aware of that. <laughs> uh, Rob Tabachnik, the walk-on, really came in, started senior day. Uh, had to, I interviewed him earlier in the week on MSUSpartans.com, uh, but he had two pass breakups that were critical. I believe one came on a third down. He went parallel with the ground and batted like an eight-yard out route down to the surface. He played tremendous in his final game in Spartan Stadium. And, and those are the type of stories that really are just warming because here's a guy who, when we interviewed, said, you know, I came from New Jersey to be a walk-on here. You know why? He says, I wanted to prove to myself and my family that I can play Big Ten football. And boy, did he come up crucial in one of the most crucial program games in the, in the last, I'd say, eight years. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But your thoughts on the defense, you you have to be impressed. Yes, we gave up 31, but some of those coming off turnovers, Penn State possessing deep in our territory. I mean, definitely have some come off turnovers. You got, you know, fake punts and, you know, all this other stuff going on. But the defense, in my eyes, after they gave up 24 points, they said no more. You know, they clamped down. They knew it was, as I guess Magic Johnson would say, it was winning time. And they started getting the stops when they really needed to. And that's what great defenses do. They get stops when they have to have stops. Big ups to the defense. Absolutely. And we'll see who from that defense is first team all Big Ten. I have a feeling Joe Now St. D just might be the sack master, might be on there. We're, we'll, we'll give you our picks, if any, that we have on the first team all Big Ten, you know, Spartan Sports Rap style. We'll get there in a little bit. But I would like to give Coach Narduzzi the floor. I got to record his post-game press conference. Here's what Coach Doozy had to say to the media post-game. Uh, defensively, again, wasn't a you know pretty victory, but uh, I am so happy for those seniors uh, and, and the whole football team as a whole. Our kids fought their tails off, never quit, and finished. And that's what we talk about all the time is finishing, and the kids really did a great job. I don't know what else to say. You guys got to talk to the kids. Questions? You start about that saying at the end there. Um, you know, Obviously, we, we've been here a couple weeks ago where we didn't stop them on a you know in a two minute situation and we focused on it and, it, and it's it's interesting. The kids are saying, "Coach, let's play this," and you know that's what we're going to do. We played what they wanted to play, and and the kids finished it and, and and did it right. And again, again, it just tells you how how you know far those kids have gotten since the first game of the season to the end, being able to finish a game like that. Any other questions? You guys talked about there's a lot there's a lot of emotion with that team right now. Is it because you're going to a bowl? Is it the way that you won, or was it a game plan that all fell in place for? I think it's everything. You know, I don't know if a game plan ever falls in place for you like you'd like it to, but I think it's the whole thing. Um, you know, it's a it's a bowl trip. It's a seven and five record, which is a heck of a lot better than six and six. And uh, you know, it's everything. It's just the the victory. Period. I mean, it didn't matter if it was a bowl game or not. It was just a victory, and uh, and the way it happened as well. I mean, we were down ten and a half. I think it was seventeen points. We're down. Uh, in the fourth quarter at a point, and, and our offense kept banging it. You know, we make plays on special teams, and, and uh, when it counted, our defense shut them down at the end there, got the ball. Uh, Pat, your uh, secondary tightened up noticeably uh, late in the game there. Was there anything uh, in your mind that uh, changed? Not really. I mean, we started bailing our corners a little bit, which it didn't really matter anyway. I mean, a couple times, I mean, they got great, you know, the guys right down the sideline, you know, roping the sideline, and, and, you know, it's a great throw and a great catch on one of those fades, um, you know. Nothing. We didn't do anything different defensively except maybe make a play or, or shut him down to the line of scrimmage. T.J. Wine was in the game late. He's been working yeah. himself in He'd been working in. You know, he started off, I think, in, in third down and long. He was in, you know, in our nickel package, and uh, we know he's probably our best guy being able to go up and get the ball when it counts, and that's why he was out there. That was defensive coordinator Pat Narduzzi. His thoughts after the game. Michigan State beats Penn State 35-31. So we go from being bowl eligible to bowl bound at 7-5. and five. And uh, how about the how about the guts on that fake punt though? Like you said earlier, that was I mean, no one play wins a game. Don't get me don't get me wrong there, but how about the guts? Four, was it fourth and five? Mm-hmm. Boom! Ju Colcrick goes right, nothing there. Oh snap! Here we go. Ju cuts back left, goes for fourteen, fifteen yards. Here here I am. I'm putting on my coat, getting ready to go down to the field from the press box. I'm looking down at my shoes, you know, okay, we're punting, all right, you know, get my stuff together. Next thing I know, I'm hearing eruption. I'm like, what? And I look up, and there's J.U. Colcrick <laughs> running for 15 yards. I'm like, what happened? You know, just when I put my head down and put on my coat, you know, thinking, you know, he Coach D had me tricked. <laughs> and, you know, that stuff, you know, that's so difficult. Like having, you know, Coach tells the unit, hey, we're going to fake this. You know, how do you? You got to keep that composure. You don't want to give any, you know, emotional signals off. Like that's incredible. And Ju Colcrick, coach, just said you could see it in his eyes. And here's what Coach Antonio had to say about Ju's play on that fake punt. Well, it didn't look good, <laughs> but you know, I really felt like we had a, like we had to make a, uh, we had to make a tough call there, you know. And uh, you know, I checked with Pat, Coach Narduzzi said, Pat, we'll go fake it. How are you? And he goes, Let's go. And I said, All right, we're in. And I uh, just felt like you have to take great, great risks sometimes for, for great rewards. They certainly did when they faked their field goal. And, um, you know, it was certainly the time when maybe not too many people thought we would fake it. But, uh, you know, thank God it worked. And, uh, you know, it set up a touchdown. You know, we went right down the field, hit two big passes, I guess, and we're in the end zone. That was head coach Mark D'Antonio on the fake punt. And uh, you got to give some love to Mike Tressel there, too. Mike Tressel, special teams coach. These guys have been spectacular, I'd say, on special teams. 
in most facets. You know, punt return's not great at all, but we <laughs> but we don't need to go there. Uh, but kick return's been fantastic. Punt, Aaron Bates, minus a couple shanks. This kid has been tremendous, and he's here for another three years. Uh, he, How about that last punt of his when he kicks it down to the, the Penn State 20? Mm-hmm. So special teams. And Coach you know, really made a point at the beginning of the season, the punt is the most important play in football. I said, are you are kidding me. <laughs> and boy, when I actually did my homework and paid attention, he, he is right. That whole The whole situation of flipping, flipping the field on the other team, that, that is so true. You want to join us, our number, 517-432-3893, just past 735 here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8. You missed the show, want to catch it, uh, impact89fm.com, simply click, click the podcast logo, and there are the Spartan Sports Wrap archives there for you to listen to. Uh, so big up to Mike Tressel, special teams coach. Execution was tremendous. Uh, team awards were yesterday. Uh, for the Spartans at uh, the Kellogg Center. Uh, your MVP, the Governor's Award, goes to Javon Ringer, the team MVP. Uh, folks, is he your MVP? Give us your thoughts, 517-432-3893. Jamal, Javon Ringer, MVP? It's hard to argue with it. I mean, he's putting up something like 1,300 yards. I know he only got to the end zone six times, but... Because Jay used a touchdown whore. <laughs> exactly. You know, but hey, give, Javon was doing his thing. Absolutely. Ray, Javon Ringer, your team MVP. Uh, I'd say so. The only other guy I would say is Devin Thomas, who can block, receive, rush, he returns kicks. I mean, I mean, he can't throw the ball, but he can. Uh, you know, <laughs> he tried, he he tried he, once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never again. Under to him about, Kellen Davis, about 20 yards. But uh, I, the only arguable guy is uh, Devin Thomas. So maybe co-MVP, but definitely Javon yeah. Ringer. Brigitte, Javon Ringer, your MVP. Javon, for sure. For a team that had absolutely no run game last year, for him to just like come back this year, especially after his injury, and just put up the numbers that he was doing, I think for sure he basically established our run game for this year. And Javon is so selfless. That's what you love about him. He went up so and got humble. his award. He said, you know, this is should be the team award. You know, this, this whole team, so many. He, he makes a great point. You know, Devin Thomas, without... His great game. They're not in the bowl with you know without Hoyer here and there, you know without Saint Deke on defense pressuring QBs, but you know that just speaks to the character of Javon Ringer, a great young man, and it's good to know he'll be back next year. And let's man, I want to play this bowl. Let's get this Heisman campaign started. <laughs> let's get this Javon Ringer Heisman campaign started. And I did not stutter there either. You look at a guy that's got. What twelve, thirteen hundred yards already? Mm-hmm. He rushes for a couple bills in a bowl game. Javon Ringer could just come back and break Lorenzo White's single season rushing record, just over two thousand yards. I think that's 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 possible. And Javon Ringer wants to do that. He'll voice that. He wants to break that record. And I'm and I believe that he'll have a good shot at it next year. He'll be even stronger. He'll be able to 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 shoulder twenty carries a game. And then it'll be nice to see. AJ Jimerson gets some extended carries too, more than a, you know a couple here and there. Because back in the day, for those of you younger listeners, when Javon Ringer and, and uh, AJ Jimerson came in, John L. Smith said it was a coin toss between who he was going to redshirt between AJ and Javon. Obviously, it's worked out for the better for Javon Ringer, but there's still that potential in AJ Jimerson, and so hopefully we can see that next year. We're going to miss Ju Calker. Don't get it twisted. We're going to miss the big, what is it, the Liberian Lumberjack? Liberian Lumberjack. As, as Hanzo calls him. Uh, but Javon Ringer, MVP. I got a chance to catch up with one of the most humble star athletes I've ever met. And I've met a lot, trust me. Javon Ringer is one of the most humblest cats I've ever met. Javon Ringer, here, here is Javon after the awards banquet last night. I'm joined by the team MVP, Javon Ringer. Javon, first off, we know you're a very unselfish player. Can you talk about your award? I mean, I feel honored. First off, knowing that uh, my players, um, they all voted for me. Because I, obviously, I didn't vote for myself. I voted for JU. But, uh, but just kind of knowing that they all voted for me, they all felt like, you know, I deserve it. I mean, that's, I mean, I really, I really appreciated that. But like I said in there, I mean, I feel like it was more so of a team award. But, uh, but I mean, I'm just really thankful, though, if that's how, that's how my players feel about me. Post game, you drop to your knees at the 50. What's going through your mind while you sit there? I'm just praying, thanking God for helping us through this season, especially with all the ups and downs that we went through, um, a lot of all the close games, and him finally giving us giving us the chance to, to end it at the end. Um, 
I mean, I was just, I was just I was just thankful that finally, man, we're going to a bowl, man. That's something that we haven't been able to do in a long time, and I really feel like I mean, he helped he helped us all. He helped us all out um, in accomplishing things that we were able to do this year. So, I mean, I was just giving all thanks to him. Is that the most one of the most humbling experiences you've had on the football field? Um, yes, yes. I've never really, never really had this many losses before in a, in my career. I mean, I didn't really start till I came here, and uh, I'm normally been used to winning. But since I came here, I mean, it's been a fight so much, and uh, it's not something I've been used to. So I had to deal with it freshman year and sophomore year, and in junior year still now but now even though we some games we did lose we never I don't think we lost a game by more than a touchdown so I mean that's right that right there is just real emotional and then but then finally at the end last two games to come up with the win I mean six and six definitely does not look as good as seven and five and um I mean, yeah I mean I guess you really kind of humbles you man just to kind of just know that um I mean you got to you got to always always keep believing always keep believing that's something that I just continue to do and that's something I will continue to do throughout throughout my career. And lastly Javon, what does this team need to accomplish between now and when you play in a bowl game? Um stay focused. Make sure we I don't I don't feel like I, we we better not get complacent. We there's no room for us to get complacent. Um we've accomplished a lot but there's still so much more that we need to accomplish and uh Getting complacent is not something that I'm trying to let this happen to our team. I mean, I know the rest of us feel that way, too. Um, we still need to stay focused um, and practice, take these practice seriously because we, we want to win. We're not, we don't, we're not just satisfied, yes, we're finally going to a bowl. We need to win that bowl game. So, um, I mean, I don't know where we're going and who we're playing, but once we find out, man, we're going to have to buckle down. We're still going to enjoy ourselves, but we still we're, we know when there's a time to play and there's a time not to. And when we're practicing, man, that's all serious. We'll play later. We'll play when all this is done. That was team MVP Javon Ringer. We'll play when all this is done. Guess what? There was some playing going on Saturday night. Let me tell you, brother. Michigan State going bowling. Don't know where yet. We'll talk about where we think Michigan State will be playing, possibly on New Year's Eve in Tempe, Arizona. But we'll, <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Uh, another team award uh, that was noteworthy, the humorist, Devin Thomas. Uh, not only is he, in my opinion, the best receiver in the Big Ten, um, also voted the most funny on his team by his teammates. Um, but you know what's funny is that pretty soon Devin Thomas will be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> There's my thunder and lightning analogy of the night for Ray. All yeah, right. Had to, t- <laughs> had to tie that one in. Um, but, but, folks, we look the regular season's over. Before I get to the Devin Thomas interview I've got for you, is Devin Thomas the best receiver in the in the conference? I, I would have to give it to Manning. I, mean, I think he's more. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> that's, that's enough. I'm just trying. I mean, that's enough. You know, call us a homer. Call call us what you want, but I don't know. That's a, that's tough. You know, you man, Devin Thomas, Mario Manningham. I'm taking show time to the bank. I'm just saying, Manningham runs fly routes, and that's it. He runs in a straight line, and he he's got the speed to run past the DB. So I guess if he can get away with it, fine. But Devin Thomas has an all around game as a kick returner and a wide receiver. And, even a running back at times. I mean, he's the best receiver in the Big Ten, period. Who has a better career in the NFL? Devin Thomas, Mario Manningham. Devin Thomas, thanks. Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks, yeah. Call me slabby, whatever. Devin Thomas and Coach, you know, I'll, I'll steal a phrase from Coach Antonio. Devin Thomas is the truth, <laughs> okay? He is the truth. He is sick. But I got the, I got a chance to catch up with Devin. Had some of the most brilliant catches in recent program history uh, to help us get to that 35-31 victory over Penn State. Uh, here's showtime after the game. I'm joined by uh, arguably the star of the game, Devin Thomas. Devin, a career day for you. Can you talk about the plays you made on the field today? My adrenaline was pumping. I just knew we had to get it done for the seniors. It was, it was a very emotional game for us. We try to do our best just to you know, send the seniors out on top. So that's what we got it done today. Last year, you didn't get a lot of PT. You look at this season, a career season, one of the best in Michigan State history. Could you ever imagined it? I mean, it's always a dream. And uh, you know, I'm just thankful. I'm going to thank God that uh, I got the position to do it and I got it done this year. Can you talk about the crucial plays you made? It seemed that when your team was down third and long, you came up and made the play. I got to thank the O-line protecting the whole here, putting the ball on the money because that's where it starts. And uh, it's just, you know, a good feeling, man. We got a good win today, and it's very emotional for us. How big is it that you guys overcame the turnovers and still got the win? It's big, big time because, I mean, we, we 
I think we had like three turnovers on offense, and uh, you know, it, it gave him opportunity to make plays, give him a chance to uh, get touchdowns, and we we hung in there and just kept fighting. Coach talked toughness all season. He talked it through the preseason as well. Did today's game just personify that? When you guys did not quit when you turned the ball over. Exactly. I mean, that's that's how you look at it because we finished strong, man. We uh, never quit. That's our motto. You guys now go on to play a bowl game. What does that mean to you, DT? That's uh, a great feeling, man. We, we've been waiting to get a bowl game around here for a long time, man. Yes. Wherever we go, it's just gonna be real exciting. That was Devin Thomas. He won the Oil Can Award for being the team humorous. I thought I'd play the interview there for you guys as well. Devin Thomas, brilliant game, 139 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Um, obviously coming from Brian Hoyer. Ryan Allison, got to show some love to number 82, one for one, 23 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback rating of 1,000. Oh, yeah, he, he goes down in Spartan history. One of the greatest completions in recent history from Ryan Allison to Kellen Freeman. Davis, gotta love that. What a brilliant catch by by the tight end. Uh, but we move forward to the question on everybody's mind: What bowl will the Spartans play? And we look at the teams that are seven and five in the conference: us, Indiana, Purdue. We killed both of those teams, blowouts against both of those teams. Beat Purdue handily on the road. So if I'm a bowl and I look at Michigan State, we have sex appeal. Our team is sexy. <laughs> You look at what makes the team sexy, it's, it, you can't really define it. You just know it when you see it. <laughs> Michigan State, I mean, you've got, you've got star power with our team. You've got Devin Thomas. You've got Javon Ringer. We are going to put up 50 on whoever we play in a bowl. I am looking forward to see us play in a bowl game against a non-Big Ten team. It is going to be silly how many points we put up. And what and D'Antonio said yesterday at the banquet that it's going to be back to training camp when these guys get back from their, their brief Thanksgiving break. He'll have those guys focused. Trust me, they will not be content with just getting to a bowl game. But that bowl game, uh, Motor City, uh, they choose, they'll choose amongst those 7-5 and five teams as well because of the numerous teams in the Big Ten with 6-7 seven, seven wins. Champ Sports, that could come into play. We'll talk about that in a minute. But my opinion, I think that the Insight Bowl in Tempe, Arizona, We'll take the Michigan State Spartans. We will play December 31st, New Year's Eve, Tempe, Arizona. I would be, I would love to be in Tempe, Arizona. But, Jamal, where do you think the Spartans will play their 13th game? The only reason you think they're going to the Insight Bowl is because you want to go to Arizona. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I think they're going to the Motor City Bowl. I mean, you got George Perlis on the board. You know he's pitching you know, Michigan State hard. It's close enough that... You're going to get 50,000 fans from Michigan State if they go to the Motor City Bowl. I just I think that's the best bowl for them right now. I mean, everybody obviously wants to go to a warm weather climate, but yeah, Motor Detroit's really kind of... the most dangerous city in the nation. That's oh. my reason why we don't need to go there. Uh. But no, I think that you look at Illinois. They're nine and three. If they're they're 17th in the BCS rankings, if they move into the top 14, they get a BCS at large bowl, and that would free up another bowl. We would pit ourselves against Penn State to go to the Champs Sports Bowl in Orlando, Florida. And when you when you go up against a team that's better than you, if it's only one loss differential, which it is with Penn State, we can jump them and go into that bowl. They can select us, the committee can select us over Penn State. So we could say, hey, look, they may be better, but guess what? We beat them. So why don't you take us? And I'm sure the Michigan State administrative team is all over the phones I'm sure they're all over the phone Saturday night when the final whistle blew with the you know, Florida Citrus people, with the Insight people. We have a great product to sell. You know, They say Indiana's fans may be th- more thirsty for a bull. Guess what? We've been so close these past few years. Our fans have been teased. They're so, th- they're so thirsty to go. We'll get fans that will travel. Inside Bowl is my pick. Ray, where do you think we're going, brother? I think the Motor City Bowl is out of the question. We got the tiebreakers over Indiana and Purdue, and I think I think we're the most appealing thing, most appealing team. Like you said, you know our, our fans are going to travel, and we have a great offense, which you know fans love watching. You know points put on, being, being put on the board. Yeah, no one wants to see a stalemate of like nine to six. <laughs> yeah, they want to see some action. You know, albeit you want to see a good game, but I think wherever we go, I think we will win our bowl game. Well, this team's on a roll. Uh, these guys are hungry. Um, and they're playing 13. I'm so proud of them. And they're so, it's so happy to see that these guys, all the work they put in when you're around them and you cover them for a whole year, you see what they go through, you see the ups and downs. It's great to see that these guys, these seniors left their mark 
these seniors left a legacy that, in Coach D's words last night, that when future championships are won, they will point to this team as the foundation of a new era here at Michigan State. Uh, Brigitte, where do you think we'll play our bowl game? I think we could go to the Insider Champs Bowl. I don't think we'll go Motor City. I feel like we've just we've done so much this year that we get the benefit of the doubt. Not, I mean, I know they like to have like a good team, or excuse me, a local team go to the Motor City Bowl usually. But I think with the amount of fans that we have this year, like you said, that are so hungry to go to a bowl game, people will travel. I think we'll get a good turnout no matter where we go. Absolutely, and yes, the Motor City Bowl has Perlis on the board. Yes, but they also have a Big Ten tie-in, so it's not like. Perlis is just going to pick us just because we're MSU. They have to pick a Big Ten team if a Big Ten team mm-hmm. is available. But I think it'll shake down. I think it'll be Indiana that goes to the Motor City Bowl. And Indiana will draw, albeit it's the Motor City Bowl, but Indiana will draw. Not as well as Michigan State would draw to the Motor City Bowl, but I think it. I think that it, Indiana goes to the Motor City Bowl. It'll be interesting to see. All this probably shakes itself out by middle of next week is my guess. Because we still have two regular two weeks of regular season left, all those darn all those other conferences that play conference championship games, all type of crazy stuff. But Inside Bowl is my guess. Joe Rexford, Lansing State Journal, agrees. He wrote that in his his little blog. Uh, it's you know it's hey whatever it's called, hey Joe. But uh, you know I I just see that I see the Motor City Bowl is nice. Yes, to be in Detroit. Yes, local fans would would get to go. But it's it's kind of like you want something a little better. You know, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Like we're not. We don't need to be arrogant. But I think this team is better than the Motor City Bowl. Is that bad to say? No, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I think this team can't be choosers, right? I mean, (laughs) you gotta be happy to get what you get. Yeah, you're right. I think last year we would have been happy to go to the Motor City Bowl, but we got a little taste of success, so we want to move on to bigger things. Jamal just wants. Jamal just wants to stay at the crib. (laughs) Basically, I mean, (laughs) see some old friends, but. No, really, I think um, Indiana has something that Michigan State doesn't have. Michigan State does have sex appeal, but Indiana has such a heartwarming story in the loss of their coach, whose mantra was play 13 and just get to a bowl game. And after he passed this offseason, now they've done that. And I think that the bowl selectors will be you know, looking heavily at that, like, well, we've got a real story here that might draw some more fans to the game. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't go against that. Terry Hebner, a great coach, left a legacy at Indiana to, win thir- to play 13. And obviously they will do that. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. There's you know some bowls coming out of left field like the Vegas Bowl. I don't think that's going to come into play at all. The arm the Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl Fort not Worth. not ha- not happening either. I don't think. But look out for the Champs Sports Bowl and the Inside dot com bowl. And, and here here's why I don't think we'll play in Detroit. Michigan State has a brilliant brilliant uh, AD D. Athletic director designate, designate Mark Hollis. Organize the basketball, organize the outdoor hockey game in a football stadium, and filled the football stadium with seventy-five thousand people. He is working the phones, I'm sure. He is going to get Michigan State in the best possible opportunity, the best situation out there to get this university moving, the football program moving forward. And I think, and I've, you know, I'm sure other people. It's no secret Mark Hollis is a marketing genius, but I think that he he is going to make it happen. He's one, you know. Now it's kind of in the administrative hands. You know, the football guys they've done what they have to do, and now I believe you know Michigan State State administrators will they'll get it done. And I don't, and I don't think we'll play in the Motor City Bowl. But if we do, it's not like oh we're playing in the Motor City Bowl. We're gonna go hang seventy on Central Michigan. This <laughs> right. is, is what is what we're gonna do. Uh, but it'd be yes, it'd be nice for the fans. Yes, it'd be great for the economy. You don't have to travel, but I'm selfish. I want to go to t- I want to go to Tempe. But uh, more importantly, a team that's in Kansas City, Missouri tonight, men's basketball. Shout out to Ray Meezy Morgan, Big Ten Player of the Week, averaged like 19 and 15 in the uh, first two regular season games. Missouri tonight, 9:30 on ESPNU. Uh, most likely, hopefully, we get this dub tonight. The W, the win. Ebonics, you know, we'll drop, <laughs> they, we, we you drop gotta translate. You got to translate for them sometimes. We drop a little Ebonics here now and then. You got to mix it up. You know, we're not English. <laughs> uh, we put, Most likely we'll play UCLA tomorrow at 10 p.m. That would be the championship game of the CB College Basketball Experience. Great slogan. College Basketball Experience Tournament. Uh, impressed with the way Raymar Morgan is attacking the glass. Uh, found out today, I don't know if I'm an idiot, but a rebound 
A synonym for the word rebound is a carom. C-A-R-O-M. A carom. So Raymar Morgan doing his carom out there on the hardwood. Uh, Travis Walton is coming off the bench. Yes, it is not because he's played poorly. It is because Travis Walton went to Coach Izzo and said, Coach, every great team at Michigan State has had a great six man to come off the bench, a six starter in essence. And Travis Walton said, that, that can be me. And it makes tremendous sense when you look at what Coach, when Coach brings in the second wave. When it was Kalen Lucas, Chris Allen, and Darrell Summers, you have three inexperienced guards together. You put Travis Walton in the middle of those two wing guards, leading Darrell Summers and, and Chris Allen on the court. That just adds a, a steps that whole unit up so much with Travis, Travis's defense, his leadership ability, and the way he can run the floor with those guys. It's a great situation. I like Kalen Lucas starting. Yes, we're going small, but if you haven't noticed, K-Luke can lock up. He can play defense as well. Your guys' thoughts on Travis Walton going to the bench. Uh, this, to me, exemplifies a true Spartan and a man that is just has great character in T-Wall. I think it's nice because he's playing more of a team game instead of wanting the glory of being a starter. But um, I think he'll bring good experience to the second team coming in, and he's just a great leader. I think he's a great role model for this the is new a, guys. This is a guy that started every game last year. Mm-hmm. And and he goes to Coach Izzo. He goes himself to Coach Izzo and says, Coach, I want to come off the bench. I think it'll be better for this program. And he's looked historically that Michigan State has had that six starter. We had Chris Hill and Kelvin Torbert come off the bench. Morris Peterson came off the bench mm-hmm. and was first team all Big Ten in his years, in one of his years here at Michigan State. And now Mo Pete is with the Hornets in the NBA and they're one of the, you, see, you see the Hornets lately, brother? One of the best teams in the league right now. Well, we got Chris Paul. I know they were that good, though. CP3. Mo Pete down there in New Orleans getting buckets. But you you got to be proud of Travis Walton and what he's done. A quick note. If you haven't noticed, Timbo Gracchus is the new col- the temporary pinch hit color guy on the Spartan Radio Network. Coach Gus Ganakis, he's been on the show before. He's had some health issues. So our thoughts go out to Gus if, he, if perhaps he's listening. But, Coach, we appreciate his time coming on the show. He's had some health issues, but Timbo Gracchus coming in and filling in in color commentary. He'll be on the, on the Spartan Radio Network tonight. The game broadcast locally here in Lansing, 94-1 and 1240 AM will be the frequencies to catch the game tonight. Most of us, because we don't have ESPNU, who knows how much longer ESPNU will be around either. Yeah. Uh, but ESP, the game is on ESPNU. Uh, it, could, he, could they have done better? ESPNU. They got lazy. And not us, but Missouri, Michigan State. This is not, you know, this is solid stuff. This is going to be a solid basketball game. Um, Your thoughts on the game, though. Michigan State, Missouri. Missouri is going to press the heck out of us, but I think Michigan State gets the win, uh, 8 to to 13 point win. Let's see, you know, how the freshmen look now. Like you said, they're going to press. Missouri is going to press the whole game. Let's see how the freshmen look. Were they going to get rattled? You know, is the point guard going to turn the ball over? Will we have to go to Travis Walton because of the inexperience we're having? It's going to be a great game. You're going to find a lot about Michigan State tonight. Brigitte, your thoughts on the game? Michigan State gets the win? I think they'll win. It'll be a true test of their character to see what they've been doing this season. Um, who, who, are you, who are you looking to to have a big game tonight? Uh, probably Raymar. He's just He'll probably come out strong. He's been playing well. Um, probably Neitzel as usual. Oh, but before we end the show, we have to. We skipped over our, our all Big Ten selections, folks. Football comes out at 10 p.m. tonight. Quickly, if anybody, let's go defense first. Do you see anyone from that defense? First team all Big Ten, Jamal. First team all Big Ten. Obviously, you got St. Deke. Yeah, I want. I want to go. You know, pit Greg Jones in there, but not yet. So St. Deke, first first team all Big Ten. If they, if they have an all freshman team, Greg Jones is oh, no all doubt. over no that. Doubt. All over that. He's going to be amazing here. Ray Ray, any? I any think thoughts? the only person on defi- the the defense that stands out is St. Deke. Got to give it to him for defense. Brigitte, you agree? Totally agree. St. Deke, the sack master, in my opinion, he will be first team all Big Ten. We find out tonight in two hours. Offensively, first team all Big Ten. You got to give it to Showtime. Devin Thomas and uh, Javon Ringer will be close, but I think Javon Ringer will be second team all week ten. Maybe it's a toss up between him and Beanie Wells. In my eyes, it's between Javon Ringer and Benny, Beanie Wells. But Devin Thomas, no doubt, first team all week ten. Brigitte, your thoughts? Javon, the team MVP, first team all week ten or second? I mean, I think he'll come up a little short. I think he'll be second, but showtime for sure. Yeah, but guess what? Once we win this bowl game and get things moving forward, I can't wait to start the Javon Ringer for Heisman <laughs> campaign. 
He's going to have a tremendous year. Javon Ringer was your team MVP, voted yesterday. Devin Thomas, the humorist, the Oil Can Award winner, the funny, apparently the funniest guy on the team. Too bad you weren't up for that award. Oh, that, what a what a low, just kidding! Dude. What a low, what a low blow! Hey, this has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, coming up next is Jeff Schaup and the Jazz Spectrum. Jeff, spin those records, play those MP3s, brother. It is this is it, Spartan Sports Wrap. We'll be back next Monday. Hopefully, we have a better and clearer picture of the bowl scenario for Michigan State. But hopefully, we're getting down in Tempe on New Year's Eve. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Thanks for listening. <laughs>